Morning. How are you? Good man. Awesome. Y'all, that that uh, hour of sleep you lost didn't hurt some of y'all, did it? Man, that's great. It's good to see you. Glad that you are here. Like Cliff said, got a nice sunny day at least so far. Let's keep keep our fingers crossed. But it's an awesome day to come and and worship with each other and to talk about God, especially. Hey, um, we're continuing our sermon series about heroes, and I'm finishing up today with my part of that, talking about David. Last week we looked at some of his good points and how he just kind of, as Chris said, we talked about how David just didn't hold back. When he worshiped God, he just let it loose and didn't care what anybody thought. And uh, today we're going to look at some of the weaknesses that he had, or specifically one weakness uh, that he had. If you're visiting, my name is Donnie. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Cliff is here on the on the one, two, three, fourth row, and uh, Cliff is our pastor. And uh, so I, I heard somebody kind of said, "Oh, is Cliff on a sabbatical? Is you know something wrong or whatever?" He's alive and well. He's he's right there, just taking a little bit of a break and uh, giving me a chance to do a little preaching as well. So it's awesome to, to be able to do it. Your jobs, I know all of you, wherever you work, your jobs uh, have certain things that are just, you know, they're, they're hard things, they're, they're tough things that are part of everybody's job. And I think, uh, you know, because I've been there and also know that some people don't realize what it takes to prepare and deliver a message every single day week you know well you know your pastors you should you should love doing it. it's not that you don't enjoy it. it's not that you don't like doing it but it, it it takes a lot to do that so every now and then it's good uh to have a break and to be able to get preached to so to speak and to take a little break and so i appreciate him giving me the opportunity and i'm glad that he took the opportunity to take a little bit. so he'll be back next week to be able to jump back on y'all and y'all be ready for him right <laughs> good all right we're going to look at david if you want to take your bibles and turn to the book of second samuel go ahead and get there and you can find chapter five and um we're going to look at some things that are part of david's life familiar with david if you're familiar with david raise your hand you've read some stuff from about david and all that that's great what I want to do is, is first start to look at, just give a glance, a glimpse in case you're not real familiar with maybe David's life and some things that happened. I want to give you just a, another short glimpse of some things that were part of his life that um, give us an insight as to the kind of person that he was and some things that, that were a part of his life. And then I'm going to look at specifically some, something that was a downfall for him and something that we can all learn from. I think there's, there's elements in all this that, as we've talked about with these heroes, they really were just ordinary people. Just people like, like you and me. And the reason that they seem to be so extraordinary in the Bible is because God used them to do things. So really, I mean, it's God who's the extraordinary one. And he just uses normal people like you and me. And he can do extraordinary things through us. And that's what he did with a lot of these heroes that we're talking about. Again, not to take away from anything about who they were, but they were just, you know, they were just normal folks. And, and God, God chose to use them. But look, at, look in the book of Second Samuel chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 18, 19, and verse 22 through 24, those two different sections. It's going to be on the screen. If you have your Bible, please find it and read it, read it in your Bible. But just to, to give a, a short glimpse of the kind of person that David was before we look at some stuff that was, that was a downfall for him. But David was a person who the Bible referred to him as a person after God's own heart. And we know in his leadership and the things that he was a part of, uh, David was in tune with God. 
and, and he, he sought God's advice, and he was uh, at this part in his life and was looking um, to see what God wanted him to do. Look at verse 18 of chapter 5, 2 Samuel. It says, Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And then the Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. Look in verse 22, just a couple of verses down. It says, Once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly, because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So there's just an instance, so just one small, just a short snapshot. David, David is, is in some, uh, getting ready to go into some battle. He's, he's going to take over with the, with the Philistines, take charge of them. And the first thing he does, which seems natural to us, right? I mean, he, hey, God, what should I do? Are, are you with me on this or not? You know, should I, should I take off? And, and God just makes it real clear. He sought the Lord. God makes it real clear. Yeah, hey, here, I'm with you. I'm going to take care of this for you, and here's what you're going to do. And, and even at that, in the, in the second section, it was specifics, all right? You go here, and you do this, and when you hear this, that's your sign to know to move on because I'm, I'm taking care of it for you. So David was very um, in tune with what was going on. He, uh, the phrase there, he inquired of the Lord. It's very, very important. Last week when we looked at chapter 6, of Second Samuel, again, as the ark uh, was being brought back in, you see just how in tune David was as he praised God and he worshiped God, just knowing that there was this close relationship with, with him and God. Look over another chapter in chapter um, 7, verses 1 through 3. David sought God a lot. David also got some advice from some other people in his life, and Nathan was one of those people. Verses 1 through 3, it says, After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in the palace of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. So really, David didn't come out and say, Hey, Nathan, you know, what do you think? Think about building this thing for God, you know, what do you think about it? Basically, David, you can tell, had gotten so much advice and had talked so much with Nathan. They had this kind of relationship to where David just says, look here, I'm in this place and in the ark of God. And and Nathan, having the relationship with David that he did, said, hey, pretty much, I bet I know what you're thinking. Hey, go ahead and do it. That's probably a really good idea. God's with you. Go ahead ahead and do that. So there's just just a couple examples, and there's plenty more, but those those are two specific ones that I wanted to point out to show that David in his life had this common thing of where he always inquired of God or he's also getting advice from other people. When you read through the Old Testament, I'm doing that now with a reading plan that I'm doing. I'm going through the Old Testament. That's, that's where I'm at right now in the Old Testament. And um, when you read through there, you'll see that the kings often had advisors and priests and prophets and people in their lives that they inquired when there were different things going on. In addition to God... They had these other people who helped interpret things for them, who helped give them advice, who helped them discern whether things were good ideas or bad ideas. So that was just a a very normal part of David's life, and it was very important uh, in his life. Now, 
We're going to go over to 2 Samuel chapter 11 and, and look at the very thing that was a strength of his became a weakness of his. And we've talked about that often. Uh, if you've ever done personality profiles and you understand, you know, you're, if you do the DISC profile or you're a lion or an, or an otter or a beaver, you know, or a golden retriever, if you've ever done that and you kind of know your personality types, one of the things that we always talk about is that, that your strengths really, your weaknesses really are your strengths taken to the extreme. In this case, David had a strength of inquiring and listening to God, and, and the weakness was that he got to such a point to where he just decided that that wasn't important anymore. And we're going to look at this in case you're not familiar. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. She had purified herself from her uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Now, from one extreme <laughs> to the other, right? Here's this person that we know is after God's own heart. Here we, here we know there's this person who just in the few chapters before, he's seeking God, he's asking God's advice, he's getting advice uh, from other people to find out what was going on. Now, if you know the rest of the story here, I'll just briefly tell you what happens, is that David decides Uriah was at battle. David sends a messenger with a note that, uh, first of all, tries to get him home. He tries to get Uriah home. And what he does, he brings him home, and he says, hey, if I can get Uriah home, he's been away for a while, he's missed his wife, he gets home. One and one equals two, right? He'll want to go, and he'll want to go sleep with his wife. Well, when he gets there, he's such a valiant kind of a person. He says, how can I do that when all these guys are fighting? I can't do that. And David does all this kind of stuff. He even tries to get him drunk. Maybe if I can get him drunk, he'll, he'll go along with this. Uriah still doesn't go along with it. Sleeps on the doorstep. Never goes in to be with his wife. So then David has this plot. Sends him back with a note that says, tells the commander to put Uriah at the front of the battle, which basically meant, he wanted to have him killed. And Uriah did get killed, if you read the rest of that story. Now, you can go back and read that. I didn't tell it as good as it's written here. But that's what happens. And so that's where we find, find David, from this person who is listening to people and seeking God and all this kind of stuff. Now, not only has he committed adultery with somebody else's wife, but he's also committed murder. This is, this is David, King David, that was just praising God and not afraid to let people know what he thought about God. And just in a short period of time... And so what I want us to look at is what I think is the reason for that. And I don't know if you would consider yourself to be a very successful person. David was the king. He was very successful. The Lord was with him. A lot of things were going on. But I think what happened in his life is that he got to a point to where he just believed everything people told him about how good he was. He saw the things that were happening around. He had accumulated a lot of stuff. 
He was successful in battle. He was this great king. And I think he just got to this point where he thought he was untouchable. That he just had it all together. And, and I think he got at this point to where he just decided if he wanted something, he was just going to get it. And he really just didn't need to ask anymore about whether it was a good idea. So look back in verse 3 of chapter 11. He, he saw Bathsheba. She was beautiful. And it says, And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Now, there's a clue, right? <laughs> there's just a small clue. David had enough sense to say, to say hey, go check this woman out. Now, you know, we don't, we don't agree with it. Don't, I don't understand a lot of it, to be honest with you. But in this time and in his life, David had other wives, okay? It really wouldn't have been that uncommon for him to see a woman, think she was beautiful, send somebody to get her, bring her back to the palace, and at a certain time take this woman as his wife as well. It wouldn't have been that uncommon. But he had never done that with someone who was already somebody else's wife. And so when he sees this woman, he says, man, you know, she's... She's pretty good looking. And if you remember, you can go back and find the sermon. Cliff preached a while back. You know, David had no business being at home in the first place. The first part of that scripture starts off as, hey, in the springtime, when kings go off to war, David was home. There's an, a, just another clue of maybe how slack he had gotten with his attitude and everything. So he shouldn't have even been home to start off with. He's been minding his own business, out fighting the battles like he's supposed to. He'd never seen her bathing on the top of the rooftop, Right? So anyway, so he sees this woman. He sends somebody to check her out. When they come back, and he says, the guy says, hey, isn't this Bathsheba, the wife of Eliam? And isn't this, um, I mean, the daughter? And isn't this the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And it wasn't like David would not have known who those people were. I mean, Uriah was fighting in his own battle, right? And, and David says, yeah, dude, go get her. <laughs> right? I mean, do you think David would say, oh, yeah, that's right. Woo! You know, Close my eyes, better turn my head, you know, better not look at her. Somebody, let me send somebody over there to put curtains around her tub so I won't be tempted to look in on her anymore when she bathes. He didn't do that. You know, hey, isn't this so-and-so? In other words, David, this, this isn't right. This, you shouldn't be doing this. And David just ignores that. And after he hears that, he says, yeah, go get her. I still want her. And so David just, just decides that he's not going to listen to people anymore. He decides he's not going to listen to advice, even when he had asked for it. Uh, and here's, here's the funny thing that I think, well, not really funny, but just kind of interesting. A couple of things that we looked at before, David inquired of the Lord, going to battle and all those kind of things. Here he is, he's got this, he's got this question on his mind. He's got this, this, he sees this woman and he's thinking, you know, I'd like this woman to be my wife or, you know, man, she's good looking. David didn't stop and say, oh, um, God, do you think this would be a good idea? Maybe I sent somebody to check her out and find out what's going on. You know, going to battle, David inquires before the Lord, remember? You don't see a scripture there when he sees Bathsheba that David inquired before the Lord. I'm just going to ask God. He didn't say uh, to his buddy who he got a lot of information from, Nathan, come on here. Listen, here's what I'm thinking. You know, this woman's married. Uh, I want to get her over here, and I want to sleep with her. And, you know, if things don't work out, I'm just going to have her husband killed. Do you think that's a good idea? <laughs> yeah. He didn't do that. 
Now, I don't know about you, but what I find in my own life is when I want to be a part of something that I'm pretty sure God's not going to be pleased with anyway, I have a tendency to just keep that to myself, and I usually, I don't want to ask people what they think. Have you ever been there? You know, you... you you, you might not be completely sure. It's not a black and white issue. It's something that you're just, uh, well, God might be okay with this. Usually when that happens, what will happen if we're not careful is we'll just let our minds take over and we won't ask people what they think because a lot of times we don't want to know what they think, right? You're afraid to ask because if you ask somebody and they say, no, that's probably not a good idea, well, then what are you going to do? Well, you're just going to ask somebody else, <laughs> Right? Now, thank goodness we don't do that all the time, but, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't guilty of that from time to time. To, to know that uh, maybe I'll just, I'll just, you know, we have this saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. You know, you ever heard that? You know, it's not a good idea with God, right? But I mean, he does forgive us, thank goodness. But here's this idea of David. He's in the habit of inquiring of God. He's in the habit of getting advice from other people. And here's an instance that comes up that would have been a great one to have a little counsel on, and he just decided he's not going to talk to God, he's not going to ask Nathan, he's not going to do anything uh, about it because he had gotten so caught up in himself that, that he just was going to do whatever he, whatever he wanted. And he also had gotten so caught up in himself that he didn't even realize what he was doing was wrong. Now, hold on before you throw stones at me. What do you mean he didn't know it was wrong? Surely this woman was married and blah, blah, blah. Surely he would have known this was wrong. I, I don't know if you've, if you've ever been there or if you've been around people. I've been around people who have been going down the wrong path in their life. And honest to goodness, for the life of me, it sticks out like a red flag to everybody around them, it seems like. But to talk to them, they are so blinded by their own life, they have not a clue of what's going on. And in fact, if they're ever confronted about it or ever questioned about it, they get all tore up and upset that you're trying to attack them and you're no longer their friend and blah, blah, blah. Have you ever been there? You know people like that? I think David was kind of in that mode. He, he was king. He was successful. He had all this stuff going on. And I really believe that he had gotten to the point to where he thought just whatever he said, whatever he thought, it didn't matter. It was okay. And didn't really stop and think about all of the different circumstances and the consequences that, that could have happened. So I've been around people like that. Have you ever been around people who you can't teach them anything? I mean, you know, some, some people, they're just unteachable. They know it all. There's not a topic that you'll bring up that when you finish talking, they have to finish it by saying something that they know about it, right? Whether they do or not. And if they don't know about it personally, they're going to make up something that they've read about that somebody else said. But they've got to have the last word. You never can be around them to where they always, they always know it. And, if, and even if they're wrong and you try to, really gently say, well, well, maybe, no, it's really like, no, nope, they're not going to hear it because, yeah, well, I'll try that or whatever. People get that way. Now, I know we've never done that. You've never been there. You've never been stubborn, right? You know, I'm never stubborn. You've never, you've never been going along in such a way that, that you just think that, that you've got it together and you don't need the advice of other people. Well, I've been doing this for 20 years. Who are they to tell me what I should do? Right? You never know. Some people actually might know something. And we need to listen uh, from time to time. And that's what was the problem with David. He just didn't, he just didn't listen. Now, 
I don't know. Um, well, look at look at Second Samuel, chapter twelve. Let's just look at this. I'm going to read these these verses, verses one through thirteen. And here's how I know that David really didn't have a, a real clue about what was going on. Just in case you haven't heard this part of the story. This is after Uriah has been killed. David sent word, Uriah's dead. This is Nathan now, chapter 12. It said, the Lord sent Nathan to David. And when he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich, men had a, the rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. But a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewed lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave the house of Israel and, and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this in broad daylight before all Israel. Verse 13, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied, You think? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sorry, that's, that's the way I read that one. It's like, duh. Uh, it's a good thing he got it though, right? But look, all of that. David was still, he was so caught up in himself. Nathan tells him this story. It's like, you know, somebody has done something and they come to you and they want advice and they say, you know, I have a friend and they are going through, what would you tell them? You know, and you know it's them the whole time. Nathan is telling this story about this rich man, this poor man. He's got this one little precious little lamb. And somebody comes, a rich man comes along and kills it. Instead of taking it, he had all this other stuff. And you think David finally is, wait a minute, is this really about a guy and a lamb or is this about me? But David didn't even get it. He didn't even make the connection. That's how caught up in his own self he was. He didn't even see that the story was directly related to him so much that he, when Nathan finishes, pronounces judgment on this guy. Shame on this guy. He's having no pity, blah, blah, blah. And then Nathan says, you are the man. 
you know, David, it's you. Hello, lights on, nobody's home. Tune in here. And then when he finishes, and that's when David says, and then he said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. That's how I know that David had really just kind of tuned out and was in his own world until finally that little moment of revelation came to him and he realized what was going on and what had happened with him. Now, David had a lot of power and David had a lot of success. And those things are not bad in and of themselves, but they have a powerful way of taking hold of us and causing us to become people that we never intended to become, to do things that we never would have sit down if we had a life plan and say, one day I want to do this. I don't think David probably ever sat down and said, you know, my goals as king, one of these days I want to take somebody else's wife and sleep with them, and then I want to have her husband killed. You know, that's my goal. That's what, David never did that. Success and power, when we listen to people and they tell us that we think we're better than we are, those things have a way of getting into our lives and doing that. So I wrote down a little statement here that our minds left unchecked will always play tricks on us and lead us astray. You know, our minds left unchecked will always lead us astray and play tricks on us. And the key to that not happening is to always be willing to listen to the advice, first of all, from God, second of all, from other people. And that's the mistake that David made. He just tuned out. He didn't listen anymore. And when people did, like the one guy come back and said, hey, this is somebody's daughter and somebody's wife, he still didn't hear it. He didn't pay attention to what was going on. So, so here are some things that I want us to think about this morning. Uh, look in the book of Proverbs. Just a, just a, just a couple of more scriptures just to, to hear about advice in case you're thinking, well, you know, um, you know, I own my own company. You know, and I built this thing from the, from the ground up, and I know this business better than anybody. Who is going to be able to tell me about business or other things man look at me i'm i'm successful i'm smart i didn't get here i didn't get to where i am by always depending on somebody else to tell me what to do i pulled myself up by my bootstraps i'm a self-made person and all those things can be okay but listen to what the bible says about advice chapter 12 verse 15 of proverbs it says the wicked desire the plunder um I'm sorry, verse 15. I always want to read verse 12 there. Verse 15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Turn over a couple of pages. Chapter 18, verses 12 and 13. Chapter 18, verses 12 and 13. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. One more. Turn over to uh, chapter 19, verse 20. Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. Now, those are just uh, small. Read through Proverbs. It's loaded with stuff like that. In previous sermons, I've read some others that are very similar, similar to that. So we need to understand, it doesn't matter. You, I, I don't know, you're probably, you may be sitting here saying, well, I don't really consider myself successful. You know, I'm not a king. I don't own my own business. You know, I'm just an employee. 
I just want, it, all, it applies to all of us. Because we all need advice. We all need to have our minds in check with somebody else other than God. God's first. But in addition to Him, we need to have people who have some input into our lives. And I don't know if you have anybody like that. You know, do you have anybody that you really could go to honestly? And you know, you could say whatever you wanted to say. They wouldn't judge you. They wouldn't hold it against you. But honestly, they would tell you what they thought, even if it was what you didn't want to hear. If you don't have a friend like that, you need to find one. Because it's easy to find people to tell you what you want to hear. But to find somebody who will tell you something opposite of what you want to do because they think it's the best for you, those are hard people to find, but they're there, and you need to find somebody. And it would be wonderful if you were that person for somebody else. Because we need that. It, good advice. Uh, doing, if I'm wanting to do something and I go to three people and they all say, yeah, 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 I'm thinking, oh, man, all right. If I went to one person and they said, I don't know if I do that or not, and here's why. Now, I'm not saying that you always have to do what people tell you to do because some people just give you stupid advice. <laughs> I mean, have you ever gotten any stupid advice? You know, that happens because we're human, and I've given some stupid advice in my lifetime before. So, you know, that happens. But what I'm saying is, if we get to the point to where we're not willing to hear, it's a problem, and that was the problem that David had. So here are some things that I, that I just I wrote, wrote down. That we need other people. I think it was John Maxwell who said, uh, one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. If you think that you're going to make it through this life on your own and you're doing it by yourself and you don't need anybody and you don't need, you don't need to hear anybody, you do it just all by yourself, you will never be at the level that God wants you to be just by yourself. God didn't even come into it with the existence and creation that he had. From the very beginning, it, there's this indication of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the first instance of teamwork. If you ever want to know where teamwork started, there it is right there in Genesis. They were together as a team. We need people. So if, if you know, I'll just do this thing on my own. It's not, not very smart. Here's some questions that I, that I thought about. When's the last time that you asked for advice? And you actually listen to it. You know, there's a difference between saying, okay, I know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to ask two people because it's good to get other people's opinions. But in the end, I'm still going to do what I want to do. Well, you, you just wasted some verbiage, you know, if that, that's the case. When's the last time that you ask for advice on something and you actually listened? When's the last time that you sought God and you actually did what God wanted you to do Man, again have you ever had something on your mind and you've actually prayed oh god you know i'm hoping i just this is what i want to do i'm going to do this and you just had this sense that god's probably saying uh maybe not a good idea and and then you say well you know uh, i'm gonna pray again <laughs> and, and then you decide well I, i'm really not sure if that's a yes or a no so i'm gonna go ahead and go through with it anyway god have you ever sought god and, and just you just done the opposite or done what you're gonna do anyway you're human that's probably happened so when's the, when's the last time that you've done that and then maybe not listen when when's the last time that you admitted you were wrong the fawns i was you remember the fawns happy days yeah pretty cool fawns just couldn't hardly get that out could he i was i remember the one scene in the bathroom 
him and Richie were in the bathroom and Fonz was towing the hair. He was trying to he was trying to say he was wrong, and he kept. I just couldn't say he was wrong, right? Now only the Fonz could be so cool and not admit he was wrong. Now we can't do that, right? But seriously, when was the last time that you you admitted to somebody else? Not not just you said, "Well, I was wrong." When have you told somebody else that you were wrong? If 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 you're having a hard time thinking when you've asked for advice, if you're having a hard time thinking when, when you sought God and, and, and listened to Him, if you're having a hard time thinking, I can't, when was the last time I, when was the last time I, I told somebody I was wrong? If, if you're having a hard time thinking of those, I'm not saying shame on you, you're a horrible person, but I would say be careful. Because you may be getting into the mode where you think that you just know it all and you don't need advice. And you think that you just make it happen on your own. And it's a dangerous place to be because when we get there, like David, no telling what can happen because trusting our own minds all the time is not a very good thing. Here's a couple of areas that you can think about as far as accepting advice. What about relationships? I don't know who all's here this morning. Here, here's one that I hear often. You're in, a, you're in a dating relationship with somebody and you've got family members and you've got good close friends and people who love you and those people have tried to tell you hey just better just back up and think about this i'm not sure this is a good idea are you are you really sure what you're getting into and and what people a lot of times do in that situation they say well why are you turning your back on me now i thought you were my friend i thought you loved me why are you telling me this i love this person you just don't want me to be happy you just don't want me to be in a relationship and all that could be true, but I just want to tell you, if people are getting on to you in that way, you better, you better perk up and you'd better listen. And it might be that you still end up being with that person, but you better not just discard that and throw that to the curb as if it's bad advice. If people that love you and care about you are looking after you and saying, at least, hey, check into this before you just fall over head, and he- head over heels, you'd better, you better tune in because shunning that advice may be a bad deal for you. What about in the area of finances? I think this is a big one. It's my money. I earned it. I'll do what I want to with it. I'll get me a couple of more car payments if I want to. I love car payments. And I don't mind being behind on all my bills because when they call, I witness to them and tell them about Jesus. <laughs> See? They meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Right? Finances is a big area where where sometimes people may, may say to you, hey, be careful there, you know, you, you don't have anything to fall back on. it. In order for this to work, everything has to line up constantly, all the time. In the first glitch, you're in trouble, and you think, I'm working, I'll do this if I want to, it's my money. You might, but you probably better listen if people are telling you that kind of stuff. Especially people, and don't listen to broke people, because they'll give you stupid advice. But when somebody's telling you, hey, I've been there, man, that was a, you know, it seemed, just, just nothing would do me until I had that. And then when I had it, nothing would do me until I could get rid of it, right? Listen if people are give, trying to give you advice in there. And you should be asking as well. In your businesses, same kind of thing. Maybe you have some other business people or you can run some things by. You need to be getting advice. Here's a big one. How about attitude? If you're having a lot of people come up to you and say, what's wrong? You seem angry. You seem disappointed. You seem depressed. No, I'm fine. No, really, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. I'm not angry. Why does everybody keep talking about how angry I am? 
Might be a clue that you got a problem and other people see it before you do because you're blinded by whatever else is going on. Listen to people when they tell you about their attitude because, you know, I don't ever see my face other than when I'm in the mirror. You've probably done this, but this is pretty cool. The computer that I have has the little webcam thing on it. And the computer that we have at home, if I want to call Shelly at home, she can see my face on the webcam, but her computer doesn't have it, so I can't see her face, which is not fair. But this is, this is just hilarious. I've only done this like three times, okay, just for the fun of it. Like, hey, baby, how's it going? You know, here I am, you know, looking on the screen. And, and she'll, she'll talk to me, and she'll be saying something, and unconsciously, I'm making facial expressions. Because usually when she's talking to me on the phone, she can't see me, Right? So she's saying, I mean, I thought maybe we'd go out and eat it wherever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever you want. And she says, what's the frown on your face for? I see those facial expressions, right? See, I, don't always, I can't always see my face. Other people can pick up on attitudes and stuff with us that we may not even be aware of. So it doesn't mean you do every, every time somebody comes up to you and says, well, hey, uh, what's wrong? I think you're depressed. And you go check yourself into a clinic because somebody told you that you might be depressed that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying we shouldn't kick the advice to the curb we should listen we should we should listen enough people and the right kind of people saying stuff it ought to be stuff that we should pay attention to when we get to the point to where we're not teachable we're not going to listen we don't care what other people say that care about us that's a problem and we're in danger so attitudes and in our lifestyles this is the last one the, I, the list could just go on and on if you're involved in a lifestyle and you've got people who love you and who care about you, and they're coming to you saying, hey, I'm not sure that's really good for you. It's the same kind of thing with the relationship. Don't get all mad at them and tell them that they don't love you anymore and they don't, they don't want you to be happy. Well, I'm happy when I do this. Yeah, but it's bad for you. You shouldn't be doing it. I see you're changing. You're becoming a different person. You didn't used to do this. Ever since you've been involved with this person, ever since you've been going to this place, ever since you've been doing these things in your lifestyle, these things have changed. And maybe you haven't noticed them, but everything, everybody around you have noticed that you've changed. And it's good. And we don't like this person over here because that's not who you are. We like the person that you were before all this stuff started. And when people start telling you so, stuff like that so bluntly, you better pay attention to what's going on and find out what the real deal is because that's important advice. So those are some things. Don't make the mistake that David did by letting his power, letting his success go to his head. Don't, don't do the, the mistake that David did by coming to the point to where whatever is going on in your life to where you decide that you just don't really need advice from anybody else because you've got it all figured out. That is a sure way for, that you're setting yourself up for a failure and it's just a matter of time before you fall. Now, the good thing is, some of you know that this is right, and you participate in it, and you ask, and you've seen it on both ends. It's been good and bad. So we can be encouraged to say, hey, yeah, that's right. I'm going to keep that up. I'm going to make sure that I don't get there. I'm going to, I'm going to have some people in, in check in place in my life to make sure that that's going well. So hopefully those are some things, as we think about David, that would apply to you and, and thinking about are you listening to advice? Are you really listening to what people are telling you? And today I just want to close in, in a prayer. Um, now, you're going to say, well, you're not giving an invitation. This isn't a real church. If you're visiting here and you say, well, they don't give an invitation. This is the first, first time out of four weeks that I preach that I haven't given some kind of formal invitation. But I want to tell you, if you're lost and you know that you need Jesus, and maybe the advice that people have been giving you is you just need to get saved. <laughs> you need to listen to them.
seriously, if that's something that you come here, you're checking things out, you want to know more about God, you want to know what it, what it means to give your life to Christ, we are here, we want to talk to you uh, to be able to do that. But today I just want us to close in prayer. If you will, just close your eyes. And I'm going to give you a minute. This is just between you and God. not going to make you raise your hand or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just want you just to take a second and ask God just to help you take a check on your own life and just ask God this question. God, am I a person who's willing to take advice? Am I a person who's willing to take advice? And then maybe you would want to just pray this prayer. God, today, I pray that you continue to open my eyes to your ways. Keep me from being self-consumed. Thank you that you've gifted me, that you've given me talents and abilities, knowledge and wisdom to be able to work the job that I work or own the company that I own, be the person that I am. Thank you that that, that all comes from you. But God, I pray that you help me to never get to the point to where I don't need advice or don't look for advice. Thank you, God, that we have the example of David, your servant. That we might learn from his strengths as well as his weaknesses. Lord, most of all, we need to heed the advice that you give. We know that primarily comes through your word. So help me, God, each day as I read, pray, and think about my life to heed the advice that you give me along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.